Welcome to St. Mark's N4, a church in the heart of Finsbury Park. For more information, visit our website. We can also be found on social media too. We look forward to seeing you at one of our services really soon. So this is our second instalment on Peter, uh, 1 Peter, this title being Hope Has a Name. Uh, Last time we looked at 1 Peter verses 1 to 3, Serge talked to us about elect exiles. We are God's elect, which means we are chosen by him, we are set aside, we are holy, but we're also exiles. Serge talked a bit about how we feel uncomfortable, we're not went for this world, we're meant for something greater. I think Light. Let there be light. Um, As it says in John 15, it says that um, we're not of this world, we're of another world. And because of that, this world hates us. We're not used to this world. And today we're going to continue to explore hope in 1 Peter. I'm going to be honest, I was a bit worried about this sermon. So Serge told me a week ago that I was going to be preaching because sadly Stephen wasn't going to be here. And he said, Jake, I want you to preach and it's going to be on hope. I'm like, okay, what verses can we do with Psalms? Look at Psalms, there's some hope in Psalms. We heard a bit about Psalm 22 from Margaret. Oh, we could look at the cross. The cross is hopeful. It's sad, but it's hopeful. He said, no, Jake, we're doing 1 Peter 1. And I hadn't read, I'll be honest, I hadn't read Peter in a very long time. I must have read it during my Bible in a year, but I hadn't really read it. And I was looking through 1 Peter, the whole book, and I realized on the surface, it's not about hope at all. (laughs) 1 Peter 1 is about suffering as being a proof of our faith. 1 Peter 2 is about how Christ suffered. 1 Peter 3 is about how help helps us guide us through time, guide us to good times in times of suffering, how to do good in times of suffering. 1 Peter 4 is about suffering to be a Christian. And 1 Peter 5, the last chapter, is about how the elders of a church can support people who are suffering. And as I was reading through Peter, I realized it's the exact opposite of hope. It's about suffering. It's about going through dark times. This isn't anything to do with hope. And then came a long struggle of trying to find hope in suffering, which was quite interesting. So if you allow me to be a bit nerdy in Bible knowledge for a minute, I'll give you the context of 1 Peter. Now, 1 Peter was a letter. He names a few countries in verse 1, if you've got your Bibles open. We read that last month. But in first, 1 Peter 1, it talks about, I think it's five countries. Now, these countries are from a place called Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. These were people who wouldn't necessarily have met Jesus, but were of the same time period. And at this time, when they were receiving this letter... At that time period, they were under occupation by Rome, as a lot of Jews were, but specifically a Roman emperor called Nero. Now, Nero wasn't a very nice person to be if you're a Christian, or be under if you're a Christian. He was persecuting Christians quite horrifically, actually. He used to make candles out of them for garden parties and things. It was quite harrowing if you search, I'll move my hand up, if you Google what Nero does, just be aware, it is quite harrowing. But it was not a nice time for Christians to be in Turkey, or modern-day Turkey at the time. And then 
we take the context of what these Christians were going through, this real suffering, the persecution they were going through, and then we read this verse in, or these verses in Peter, where, G, not Jesus, sorry, Peter says that you are, one sec, let me find it, I had it open and it's lost it, 1 Peter 1, 3. He, he says it quite haphazardly, he, he sort of half mentions it, he says, where's it gone? Yeah, though now for a little while you may have suffered grief in all times of trials. He's talking about this persecution they were going through. And it gives a bit more weight, I think anyway, to what Peter was saying, that they were going through that sort of trial and that sort of suffering, that sort of harrowing thing. And yet Peter was still praising God in this verse. And all the way through Peter, specifically 1 Peter 1, or 1 yeah, 1 Peter 1. They, he talks about salvation, about hope. Hope being the salvation that we have. And he talks about how this salvation puts... He, he go, he, well, let me start again. He talks about salvation. He talks about this grief and this suffering, the suffering Christ went through, the suffering, the, how to do good through suffering. But all through 1 Peter, he mentions salvation. So we have a living hope in the salvation. We have the inheritance from God that's up in heaven for us. It's all about salvation for Peter in this. And that's where he got his hope from, I think. Now, I'm, I'm a bit of a philosophy buff. I quite like different philosophical thoughts and processes. And there's a philosophical philo philosophy, that's the word, called the Stoicism of Greece. And they weren't necessarily theistic, they didn't believe in a God, but they had a th philosophical practice called viewing things, a view from above. Now what Stoics believe, if you put things in perspective, it can take some of the weight off it. And I think that's what Peter's doing here. So what the Stoics would do is, if you're having an argument with your brother, your sister, your parent, your friend, your family, your, per your significant other, you, you have that argument, you're set in your ways, you're set in that rut. But if you, if you think in your head, you reflect on it, you zoom out, you look at the argument from a third perspective and you realize, actually, I'm, I'm holding on to my emotion with this. But then the Stoics go one step further. They zoom out and they say, look at it from the wider view of the city. Does this argument really matter when we think of all of London and the millions of people in London? And then they go back out again and they look at the country you're in does this argument about the dishwashing that you didn't do the night before really that important? And I think this is exactly what Peter's doing here. Is he saying, yes, you're going through this harrowing suffering, this really bad thing, but you have salvation. You have Jesus. You have the promise of eternal life with him. And with that sort of perspective, is it, it's okay. Now, Trev, a little while ago, probably a few months ago now. He was doing memory verses with us. Um, as a staff team, we got a slap on the wrist a little bit because we aren't very good at memory verses. I think I could speak on behalf of a lot of us when we're not very good at memorizing things. And one of the verses which I took on to memorize after that, I took it as a challenge, was Romans 5. 
And Romans 5 says something very perfect, talking about suffering and talking about hope. It says that we must glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. That from suffering comes a perseverance, comes a way of being able to move through the difficult times. From that comes character, comes the fact that you can take on these things. It changes you as a person when you go through something hard. And then from that character, there's a hope that you, when you see the suffering in front of you in the world, that you can see the hope at the end of it because you've been through something else. It even goes even further in James soon. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials. The reality of the world is that there is a lot of suffering. There is a lot of horrible things going on. We're talking about Christians in Turkey today, 2,000 years ago, and today there's been an earthquake, or this week there's been an earthquake. I think when I checked this morning, the, the death toll was 28,000. We have that, and closer to home, we have the cost of living crisis. We have a mental health epidemic where people's mental health are worse than ever. We have, uh, we're surrounded by suffering. We're surrounded by really harrowing things. But what Peter points towards is salvation. That's our hope. The cross is our hope. That we have something to look forward to. We have even the worst of the worst situation that some of these Christians were finding themselves in. We have the hope of eternal life afterwards. That's my one bit of solace I get from this. The other bit of solace I get is that Jesus went through this sort of stuff as well. Shortest verse in the Bible, does anyone know? Jesus wept, John eleven thirty five. I did look at my notes then, I didn't memorize that one. But yeah, shortest verse in the Bible, great memory verse to learn, Jesus wept. His friend Lazarus had died and he went through grief. Before the cross, he was worried, he was anxious. He asked God to take the burden, take this cup, Lord. Jesus went through these same negative emotions as we did. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, became human and experienced suffering as we do. And that's my other bit of solace. That he knows what we're going through. He knows what we've been through. Not just because he knows everything, but because he's been through it as well. track of where I am now, but that's fine. <laughs> when we look at all our worries personally, I'm in the thick of it, if I'm honest. <laughs> I found out a friend or some, someone close to me has died this week, left two kids, eight and ten. And I'm, I'm in the midst of grief. I'm in the midst of suffering. And I'm sure some of us here as well, whether it's worries about money or whether it's something at work or whether it's could be anything we're all going through these sufferings but they mean nothing when we can look at what God's done the reality of what he's done for us we have God looking over us loving us unconditionally that being there whenever he needs us we have the Holy Spirit sent here to support us in these times to support us in the valleys of our journey, to bring to mind the word, to help us 
manifest gifts and be able to bless the people around us. And we have Jesus who gave his life for us and is sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding, praying for us. And most importantly, we have the promise that we will be with them. That through all the suffering, through all the misery, for all the worries and anxiety, we could be with them. We will be with God. And when we know these things, when we meditate, when we hold them close, when we know them truly, and we know that we have the promise of more than just what's in this life, I found this week, at least, that it brings a lot more peace. It brings a lot of peace.